Now don't get don't get scared and start turning off your radios, huh? I'm not advertising or trying to sell you anything. If the mouthwash you're using uh, is uh, not the right kind and it tastes sort of like sheep dip, why well, you just have to go right on using it. I can't advise any other kind at all. Welcome to Bacon, Beans, and Limousines. This is a Will Rogers Memorial Museum podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Crumweedy. Guys, and I'm Bart Taylor. This is episode 13. We are here, Baker's Dozen. Good to have ya. Um, guys, we have been away for about a month. We're going to give you some excuses. Just give us some time on this next break here. So I'd like you to sit back, relax, pop on those cowboy boots, and we'll be right back with you. Thanks. Well, guys, we back. Welcome back in. We are sorry. We want to apologize from the bottom of our hearts, the bottom <laughs> of our blue suede shoes, jeans. Absolutely. Well. We are for a couple of reasons, actually. Yeah. Number one, tell them. First off, I sound a little bit like George Takei. Takei, Takai, whatever. Either way, you I say was Takei. I say Takai. So. Potato, potato. Okay. Yeah. I was at a <laughs> drillers baseball game a couple nights ago, and I was. Doing my best to scream at the top of my lungs, and I succeeded. And so, apparently, you were there by yourself, front row behind the home plate, uh, with your shirt off. I heard that's just what I heard. But no, that, that is not accurate. But is not accurate. But he is drinking a cup of tea with honey in it. In tea front of, with in front honey. Of me. Trying to smooth my voice out a little. He brought a big old thing of honey. Um, yeah, I mean, he usually does to the the recording session. But <laughs> guys, uh, we are about a month removed from our last podcast. Yeah, I think it was uh, March. 26 was our last one. Yeah, so there's a big, big, big list of things why hey, it's easy. taken that long. Your voice is big, big, big. <laughs> yeah. I want to step back a bit. But first off, we just want to say, you know, sorry that it, it took so long to get you the next next episode, but uh, we're going to list off our reasons. And don't, hey, don't think for one second that we didn't make a two-page list of excuses to get out of this. No, yeah. we're not trying to get out of it, but we had a legit these aren't reasons. Ex- these aren't excuses. These are just these are reasons. These are not excuses. Bart, One. Bart and I are, bo- <laughs> are both graduate students, right? Right. At, and this yeah, is the sure. end of the semester. Yeah. So I had my thesis to do and defend. And I will be doing mine this coming week. So yeah. when you're probably listening to this, I will be yanking hairs out of my head. Yeah. So this, will, this week is a tough one for me. And... I think that's pretty much what, where we've been. We've been, we've had so much going on at the museum, all, all with the run. Yeah, we uh, had uh, that was a pretty big deal. Tell them about that. Yeah, every uh, every April we have a five um, k run here at the museum to um, raise money, and you know, just uh, it's just actually you know a really fun event where. Um, Let's see. We had probably, I think, I don't have the number in front of me, but it was about 438 runners. Yeah, so that was pretty good this though. year, which is really great. And that's more than that's the more last than, two years? More than we've ever had. The most. Um, so it was a great event. Um, that took up one weekend because we were doing that. Um, we had all kinds of sweaty people in our museum, <laughs> and it was moldier than usual. That day, so. uh, and then, Bart, you had a little exhibit you were doing. Yeah, I appreciate you said little there. Yeah. Yeah. Little, okay. hey, little, okay. in, little in size, not in right. quality or, or importance. statement. I'm sorry. Yeah, guys, I, I have been working on something that um, I've been working on, I guess you could say, since like November. 
and it's my uh, Will Rogers and baseball exhibit, uh, and I titled it "Homespun to Home Run." Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty tight, I'd say. So, the lettering is kind of the re- uh, the the Red Sox lettering from their ball caps, and uh, I want to send a shout out to Rick for uh, helping me out with the lettering and the yeah. vinyl lettering, and just uh, a shout out to the museum because um, you guys have you've opened up your facilities to me and embraced me, and I felt like a part of the team. I feel like the uh, the exhibit um, is just the starting point to what I'm going to be able to do f- with this degree and for the museum in general. So um, absolutely, we would like to get you guys out here. Like I said, we, we have always got something new to look at. Um, if, if not, maybe it's new and moved in the museum. So it's just in a different spot than maybe when you came here. So we're always trying to get um, people into check out the new stuff, especially, uh, especially the new exhibit that's in there about, uh, Will Rogers and baseball. So good time of year for baseball. It is a good too. time of year. Um, and, uh, you might see me here at the museum and I'd be glad to answer any questions about the research that went along with that. Cause I'm pretty proud of it. I mean, it's a neat little original idea. Chronologically explains Will's love of baseball. And, and, yeah. uh, obviously we know Will did, he enjoyed sports and uh, yeah. that'd be kind of a fun thing to get into sometime. Oh yeah, so well, we actually might have to do a that whole episode or something. Um, on top of that, we've had um, our commission had a special meeting in April and another one here next week. So we've been preparing for that one and preparing for the ones before that. Um, and then to kind of bookend all of this, our fearless leader, director Steve yes. Gregor, is yep. retiring. I, we found that out this month. Yeah, that that was kind of a shock. Um, yeah. cause Steve, you know, speaking about my internship, going back to that, that was you know he was the first person, him and Jennifer, the first two two people I met here, and yeah, not even me. Open, yeah, not even you. We were just not buds from yeah. the beginning. Because <laughs> it's usually two beards just doesn't work out. Two beards in one organization. don't get along. You, you, You've heard that in the wild, but also this museum in isn't big enough for the two beards. I'm gonna start calling you Crumb Lila. Because you Lila. sound like Delilah today. Do it's, I sound like Delilah? Yeah. Crumb Lila. <laughs> you just got that tone where, you know, <clears throat> single people are going to call in and ask you. Tell, tell us their dating yeah, problems. Right, exactly. And I'll say, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not qualified to answer this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob, um, are we going to dive into this episode? Um, I don't think, I think we're done with our excuses. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty much sums up. Oh, no. Uh, hold your horses there. Okay, well. Our video blog. Right. We worked on that. One of the best excuses. The first weekend of April, I think, if yes, I remember it was. correctly. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things we are somewhat pleased with the first episode, but we, now that it's out there, we saw a lot of stuff that we should have done differently. Right. So. Just like this, it's kind of a. Yeah, just like, I mean, if you listen, go back and listen to our first couple episodes of the podcast, they're a little bit rough. Um, so I, I think I think going forward, um, it's just going to be something that we we get better with. and uh, Right. It's I mean, gonna be a lot of we're fun. up to, I think it's like 200 something views on that. And we know it's going to take a while to get people onto that like they did with the podcast. But, uh, as we, we, we've spoke before, you know, uh, this is going to be a really cool supplement. This also gives us a chance for us to hone some skills that we want to develop that will also end yeah. up probably helping the museum and exactly helping our personal mission as well. So, yeah, you know, it's, I, I like to say, you know, Will Rogers was able to master every mass media, right. um, kind of neat that we have we're on radio or you know our version of radio yeah Yeah. (laughs) we've tried to get on radio but we're our version of radio we've been on the tv so we're trying you know in our small small version yeah we're we're doing what will i think we're we're embracing the new media that's out there youtube and podcasting we're embracing the new mediums um 
so say all that to say we're going to have another episode here coming up again pretty before, soon before the month's out right we'll have another one um also probably hopefully another um episode of the video blog too so yeah we uh we'd like to get more 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 busy than if you could say yeah you know, we, we we hope to have we talked about originally doing a an episode um every saturday morning whether it be the video blog or the audio podcast just rotate every other saturday morning not really sure if we're going to keep doing it that way just because our schedules are kind of right you know a little bit uh a little chaotic yeah so i we're, we're just going to kind of play it by ear keep an eye out for us on the museum's facebook page um you can hear about all the news about what we plan on doing. Sounds right good there. to me. Sounds good to me. Well, Jacob, let's uh, take a mini break. Let's take um, a break. We'll come right back and we'll dive into uh, a little pre-follies. Will Rogers. That's right. Let me let me rest my vocal cords for a little bit. All right, Grum Lila. Thanks. Congratulations, you've made it to the big time. Hey, you a million dollars. No longer are you roaming from town to town, having no place to hang your hat. <laughs> And for all of your hard work, you need a refreshing beverage to keep you in the spotlight. Oh, yes. So have a cup of Tewiti and coffee. It's brewed to perfection so that you can stay sharp and speak from the heart. Have you tried yourself some coffee today? Tewiti and coffee. All right, guys. Back, back, back. Well, if you guys remember last where we left off, we did a, about 100 different episodes on vaudeville. We and then, did, didn't we? Yeah, and then we did, uh, the last episode was uh, regarding his, um, Will's uh, family, some more his personal stuff, him getting married, um, his father passing away. Thanksgiving marriage, yeah. Clem passing away, and things like that. You bet. Well, uh, we're transitioning away from vaudeville now. Um, into what would become his Ziegfeld Follies career, but we're going to spend more time on yeah. the Follies itself because it does need specific it's going to need its entire own addressing. Episode. So yeah, this is more or less just the the transition of how it happened from where he went from vaudeville to um, I say Broadway. Broadway is a little bit of a the Broadway shows of this day were a little bit different from what we have today, but we'll still call it Broadway anyway because it happened down there on Broadway. And he did play Broadway. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, so as we left off, we were we were saying Teddy was put out to pasture, and he, and that was kind of like the finalization of our last episode, episode twelve. So on this episode, you know, we're gonna give you the insider's view. Okay. Yeah, um, we'll start off by saying 1914 uh, to 1915. He was really, uh, Will was kind of trying to make his uh, transition from uh, vaudeville to the big stage, um, the Broadway stage, that is. The big stage. The big stage. Um, really, um, at this point, he was immensely successful in vaudeville. You know, he was very, very popular. But the problem was vaudeville itself was starting to dwindle out of popularity. Right. And this was the form of entertainment for yeah. several years. Yeah, absolutely. Um but there was one little thing that started cropping up at this point that started to take vaudeville's place. What was that? That was film. Okay. Motion pictures, um, which, you know, Will's going to get into pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're not going to get into that now. Or That'll be a couple of episodes, couple of episodes away. Line, so. yeah. that, that will be fun exploring because what did he make, like 71 movies or so? Yeah. Silent and, um, and, and, talking, and talkies. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Do you have anything, Bart, before I go in? I got some statistics here that we can talk uh, about. Pop me some stats. This is, uh, this is rather interesting. And this is just looking at San Francisco. In 1909, more than 50% of all of the city's theaters were vaudeville theaters. More, wow. More than 50%. And Will was playing in these. Oh, yeah. 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 By 1914, vaudeville theaters uh, began to diminish and were approximately, there were approximately 30 new motion picture theaters in 1914. That's so weird. A hundred years ago? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and a few le- years later, 1917, there were 100 motion picture theaters and only four. It was just growing. And only four vaudeville theaters. So it went, it was a fast wow. transition. Goodness. And I mean, like he, he wrote it. Yeah. I mean, he wrote it all the way there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as vaudeville was not becoming popular, but was at the height of his popularities when Will started to, um, uh, to perform on the vaudeville stage. And he really was there till the end, just about. Right. So it's, um, without it was, vaudeville, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, Will Rogers would have had a trouble well, launching into Broadway in the Follies. Well, I think. absolutely. That's without that's, it. Would have, that's it made him. I mean, that it really did. I yeah, think so. Absolutely. That's what made him the performer he was. He learned how to perform. Right. I mean, he had experience, you know, with Wild West shows and uh, with Mulholland, and Texas right. Jack. But this was, you know, gave him experience performing on stage and actually right. um, talking. <laughs> Um, and people were starting to get really interested in what he had to say. Yeah, and that's the neat part um, that we're going to tell you about. This chapter explores. We kind of split Yagoda up into the last two because on this one he explains a little bit more in depth of how Will launches out into his own. Um, no yeah. longer is it just him on a horse with you know Buck McKee out on stage anymore. You know, it's uh, it's uh, he's changing it up, and also he's changing it up because people believe in him, um, such as Fred Stone. And yeah, well, you know, he by this point, um, it's not just the Western image, um, him as a cowboy performing his rope tricks. It's not just that that's drawing crowds anymore. It's also just him, Will Rogers himself, um, his funny little commentary that he threw in, right. his jokes and everything. That's also what people came to see. Right. So really, by this point, he was the star, not his act. Right. If that makes any sense. And I think that came along with this kind of leads me to my my point. Um with Max Hart, the, mm-hmm. the aggressive agent that, you know, really helped out Will Rogers' image and getting him to that point to where he was just a, a performer by himself, solo. Um, he engaged um, the agent, Max Hart. Max Hart placed an ad in newspapers um, kind of referring to Will um, as the droll cowboy, the droll Oklahoma cowboy, yeah. uh, in his new single offering, All Alone, No Horse. This is in a paper. Yeah. So it, what I think is different is, some people maybe enjoyed the horse on stage and some people probably just thought it was just too much. Um, and when it came down to will performing, obviously he probably didn't need that to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and Max probably saw that. Um, so did as a stone as well. And, and I'm thinking that's why he kind of did that and got rid of that whole side of that act. You right. Know? Well, let's talk about Fred stone for a second there. Um, okay. Will Rogers had a lot of kind of, um, uh, father figures in his life, you know, whether it be his actual dad or uh, Zach Mulhall, Zach Mulhall, Texas Jack, um, people that kind of fostered him in um, his performing arts. Right. Uh, his showbiz dads. Yeah, exactly. You know, Fred Stone was kind of the next one in that line. Right. Um, he a uh, very good friend named Fred Stone. Um, he became um, Fred Stone himself was very successful on the Broadway stage um, in the branch of uh, musical comedy. Right. And he was like Fred Fred Astaire, kind of like those. Yeah, he did a lot of uh, a lot of different performing. Uh, actually, when um, 
oh shoot, uh, the uh, Wizard of Oz. He played um, when it was on stage. He did. Um, he was uh, the Scarecrow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you can kind of think of what kind of performer Fred right. Stone was just by that visual uh, reminder. Um, anyway, he had become uh, a mentor to to Will Rogers, and he made the suggestion that Rogers should look into Broadway. Right. And um, you know, by this point, like like we talked about, vaudeville itself was kind of was kind of uh, losing its popularity. So he was really looking seriously into that. Yeah, Jacob, um, I thought that was um, pretty neat because Fred, not only as a performer for many years, he does become one of uh, Will's better friends. Yeah. Um, Not just, you know, showbiz partners. And I think Will looks to him for, like I said earlier, the showbiz dads. um, You know, Will was spent so much time away from home and away from Clem. Yeah. You always got that kind of the inclination of that Will missed home and missed that dad relationship with Clem. Yeah, needed some and, sort of role model. And needed a role model being that boyish character that he was kind of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the stabilization of having the showbiz dads out on the road, Mulhall, Texas Jack, Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, these gentlemen, I think, really uh, settled settled uh, Will down and really, I mean, without those guys, we might not know Will Rogers. Give him some direction, know. yeah. Um, I think uh, one point I would like to make is when he first met um, Fred Stone, um, not only as a mentor, um, I think Stone also showed a few tricks um, that he had learned throughout being in the business. Oh, sure. He was he was a really a f- fantastic performer for the time. Stone taught Will um, a couple dance steps, which you can kind of imagine in your head what that would look like. Um, and I think they were both just kind of sharing each other's ideas. Um, I think Will had, from time to time, let Stone twirl a rope and gave him some pointers as well, which I would imagine, you know, being on the road for so long, a lot of people were like, Will, show me how you do that, you know, and yeah. and trying to learn other people's jokes and tricks as well. Um, that wasn't all. Uh, Will had decided probably correctly, um, you go to points out, that with the horse and rider gone, his this new act, it needed, you know, a pop, a bang, some new features. So, um he roped, basically he was roping while he rolled a cigarette in one hand. He started to do that, and that was one of his first things. You know, um, I think Stone had a couple of things that he would do that were um, no one else would do. Uh, I forgot what they called him, um, uh, but uh, no one could do with him, and and these were the acts that, that people were wanting to see. Yeah. Um, so he roped on a unicycle. That was another one, a stepped ladder. Um, there was just several little um, funny things that you wouldn't really think Will would be too... Uh, entertained by doing that, you know, um, it kind of seemed a little bit below him, but he was just doing it, just doing whatever it took. Being seems. a good entertainer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it took. Um, really, uh, what became his step into Broadway though, was, uh, he got a letter from, uh, Lee Schubert offering Rogers a role in the, um, Broadway production, a musical comedy called hands up. This was in July of uh, 1916. I'm sorry, 1915. July of 1915. Um, it was a, uh, Hands Up was a musical comedy, like I said, produced by the Schubert brothers. Um, and this actually was a little bit of a problem for Will, just in the fact that uh, you remember we talked about Keith, the Keith... Um, yeah, B.E. Keith. Yeah, B.F. Keith. B.F. Keith, yeah. Um, the two of them never really got along, Keith and Schubert. And so when... Uh, Rogers signed a contract to perform with uh, the Schubert Brothers' uh, production of Hands Up. Pretty much that was the end of Will's vaudeville career with Keith. So, <laughs> um, 
And it was kind of unfortunate because Hands Up didn't really necessarily do all that well. It was a, um, in fact, Will was only supposed to go on for a couple minutes and it was kind of towards the end. Well, um, yeah, wasn't there a time where someone blacked out the lights? There's a right. story about that. So, yeah, he was only supposed to perform for a couple of minutes. And um, so he wasn't headlining like he was kind of used to. And so he went on stage and, you know, did a, was trying to do a abbreviated version of his, of his vaudeville act. And it went too long. And the theater uh, essentially cut the lights on him while he was out there performing so they could start changing for the next... Give him uh, the old shepherd's stick. Yeah. Come back, you know. And he was kind of mad, you know, kind of put off by it. And the crowd didn't like it either. They went crazy. So they were enjoying him at this point. They loved Will Rogers and, you know, they were demanding that he come back on stage. Okay. Um, And it was kind of funny because some of the reviews out there say, you know, it was overall a mediocre performance as far as the... Uh, hands up itself, but right. everyone commented on how how much everyone loved Will Rogers and how good he was. Right, and you know what's funny is I, I, <clears throat> another story I should have brought up about um, Fred Stone. Stone was actually in the audience at the time that the lights went down. Yeah, because he was wanting to watch Will, you know, right. watch him perform. I don't know if he had performed earlier or what was going on, but that's how good of friends they were. He was in the audience. He noticed that, well, you know, why why would they treat his friend like this? Yeah. They were friends at this point, so he took it upon himself to stand <laughs> up. And start clapping and chanting Will Rogers' name. Yeah. And he got the audience to start chanting Will's name. Absolutely. So, I mean, just what a great guy. I mean, that's confidence bolster right there. Absolutely. That was a pretty neat little story, though. Yeah. So, really, by this point, he'd kind of burned his bridges with with Keith. Um, Couldn't really do much as far as that on Vaudeville. And even though this, this didn't really go well as far as his first... Well, I guess it went fine. It went great for him, but the right. production didn't really go well. Um, it was kind of a rough transition to, into his next step in his career, but he got attention, and he got attention from Florence Sigfield. So right, right. Oh, and we have a saddle here, Flo's Sigfield saddle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, folks, if you haven't been to the museum and you're listening to this podcast, hey, I was just waiting for you to pick up on it. You why? Did. Why haven't you come down to the museum? You guys need to get up here. See at what least, we have. At least bring Jacob some cough drops. Bring me some or cough some, drops for crying out loud. Or some honey, um, some gluten-free honey, you know, stuff that he needs. You know, the more I talk, actually, it, my throat feels a little better. It still <laughs> the feels more little... you talk, my ears feel worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, you like that? Yeah, that's, that's pretty that was, decent. Yeah, okay. Okay. I will find out. Parats. <laughs> yeah, we need to get that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jacob, um, one thing that <laughs> I thought was really neat Um and this is a story I probably should have told um, beforehand, but in Vertigris, at one point, he was um, he was actually one day he was hanging. This is right after he had met Fred Stone. So okay, and you know apparently they had become good friends because Will had rented a house in Amityville, Long Island. Yeah, and it was near Fred Stone, right. and they would you know get breakfast and. And I, I guess uh, Will would like tap on his window with his rope. So I thought that was pretty funny. Like to get because Fred Stone would be sleeping until noon. And yeah. that's what you guys said. So one day Will um, was exper- um it was in Vertigree, uh, the Vertigree, sorry. And um, you know, he started running off. He was he was just gonna go for a little swim, you know. And he starts running off to dive into the creek and the tide was a little bit low, you know, he didn't care at all. He dives into the Vertigree and is temporarily paralyzed on his arm. Oh, and this is right before he goes into hands, um, hands up. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it, it's the time that Will's getting big. 
And I'm sure Fred Stone was like, you don't need to be doing that anymore. So he paralyzed his arm, which means he, he couldn't rope. But still, Will was adamant about getting bookings out, um, yeah. you know, and and working on his jokes during that time as too. So you never know. I mean, maybe hurting his arm helped him uh, get a little bit better at jokes and a little bit better at commentary as well. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that was neat to bring up. So yeah. So Will Rogers, you know, when he is performing in Hands Up, like I said earlier, this is kind of marks the end of his. Uh, relationship with B.F. Keith, uh, vaudeville, and all that, and really it marks his transition into, you know, Broadway productions of musical comedy and things like that. Um, his uh, his work with uh, Schubert Brothers with with Hands Up, he signed a uh, he was contracted to work for uh, 15 weeks on uh, the show Hands Up um, at 350 dollars a week, and with an option of another 20 weeks uh, beyond that. Um, he always got paid so well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. He's Louise. Uh, but he only lasted for about a month there. Um, and, you know, he, by this point, he was approached by, by Gene Buck. He, he was, was just kind of ready to get out of that, I think. Huh? He was, uh, well, it was kind of a better opportunity, I yeah. think. Gene Buck was an assistant to Florence Sigfield. Florence okay. Sigfield of uh, the Sigfield Follies and... Um, of Museum Saddle that we have here. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. We've got a we've got a, a saddle from uh, from the Zigfields uh, on display here at the museum. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, he um, uh, the Midnight Frolic is where he began to perform. That's where he started his relationship with the um, with uh, Mr. Zigfield. What uh, Bart? Tell me a little bit about the Midnight Frolic. Well, the Midnight Frolic. Um, this is not the time when I get out of bed and go get. Fritos and bean dip at midnight. <laughs> at midnight, right to eat a little bit. This—that's not this. Um, but the midnight frolic for Will was basically a show after the Follies. You know, people like to stay out um, a little bit longer after a show. At least, a, you know, a concert gets out at Canes. You're going to go out downtown and you're going to stay out a little bit longer. Sure. Listen to some bands. Well, you had the midnight frolic to go to. Similar thing. You could sit at you know the table. The patrons were there. You could drink, dance, do whatever. Kind and of watch more of a cabaret sort of. More cabaret and a little bit smaller. You know, smaller venue. Um, this was held on top of the New Amsterdam Theater. So um, Will, being the uh, performer that he was, started uh, not wearing the cowboy costume, which yeah. is a little interesting to me. Absolutely. You know, I I think it's significant because really up through this point. Um, Will Rogers has really used the image of the American West, you know, the cowboy image, the cowboy image of legend uh, to bolster his career a little bit. You know, it's it's a lot of that um, what got him where he was with his popularity and success. But really, at this point, you know, and through uh, vaudeville, which kind of transitioned him into this, um, people are coming to his shows and seeing him perform not just because he's the cowboy because he's Will Rogers. Right. He's developing know. that that name. Exactly. So, you know, this once he's getting into the musical uh the musical comedies on Broadway, it's really a transition into Will Rogers as we know him now. Right. You know, the the entertainer. Definitely. Not I mean, without vaudeville, without Max Hart, without yeah. Fred Stone. Yeah all these key people in his life during this transition time. Yeah. Who knows what would have happened there? Right, right. So this is, you know, this becomes, you know, the beginning of Will Rogers, the entertainer, not just Will Rogers, the cowboy. So, uh, you know, the cowboy image was important to Will, and he always kind of maintained his image as a cowboy in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, you say, you say that, and that's a perfect example. I should have said, you know, he was dressing in a suit at this midnight frolic, but he would wear a top hat, and under the top hat, there was that 
Western symbol of a rope and, yeah. and the symbol of Will Rogers. I mean, sure. you see Will Rogers come out at a midnight frolic show and he's in a suit and you don't see his cowboy hat right. or his rope or his, you know, his cowboy boots. Aren't you going to think something? You know? so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, starting off uh, next, next episode, we're going to talk about, uh, get into more detail as far as the Ziegfeld Follies itself, which will begin to um, perform on the Ziegfeld Follies proper. Uh, in 1916. Right. Um, we're going to get into that next time um, on the show. We're going to devote a whole episode just to the Vizigfield Follies, which is uh, pretty interesting in its own right. So um, Yeah, and, th- and this time during the frolic, um, before he launched in the Follies, um, Bugota points out, he gets a, a couple of good reviews, a couple of bad reviews, uh-huh. um, as he is getting away from that, you know, not not from the cowboy image, but, you know, from just being a performer. Just a performer, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Brooklyn Eagle, um, that was a really good review, I thought. They actually thought he was he was so likable, his foolish, in quotation marks, self-conscious laugh and extemporizing humor, and, you know, extempor- extemporizing humor, uh-huh. um, that's pretty much him, um, his thing, was a way of discussing rehearsals. He would let people in on the, on the, the secrets, you know, in quotation marks. Yeah. You know, and that's my, my point I was going to make is, what do you see um, movie stars, actors, athletes these days doing? Well, they have Twitter, and they're letting us in on their live constantly. Yeah, that's it's, true. I mean, it's constant. I that's mean, an interesting point, yeah. I, I thought, well, you see Will, Will, as as part of his humor, he starts, you know, hey, you know, this is what happened at performance today. So-and-so missed a shot, and, you know, it becomes funny. Yeah. Because you're let in on the secret of this performer. And nowadays, you see it in a broad a broad spectrum yeah for, absolutely for twitter and things like that so i just i, don't know, I wanted cool. to make that connection that's, that is really cool, cool so. yeah well guys uh thanks for tuning in again with us and again we apologize for it taking a month before we get you another episode oh i thought you were gonna say it took a month to get through this episode well i nearly did that too yeah <laughs> i got i gotta keep oiling up these pipes yeah oiling more honey pipes. for old uh crumb lila over here crumb lila <laughs> crumb, crumb lila at night crumb lila at night not a bad title Yes. Well, Jacob, uh, is there anything else we got to get to? <clears throat> I think the excuses page was used. Yeah, we did that. We 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 won't talk about the our okay. excuses anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let's uh, let's go ahead and and we need to thank people. Um, this episode, as always, is brought to you by the Will Rogers Memorial Commission and the Will Rogers Memorial Foundation. Yes, uh, episodes written uh, by Jacob Kremlin and Bart Taylor. And the episode is produced and edited by Calvin Frank and Bart Taylor. Uh, special thanks goes out to the Mood Trio uh, for the use of uh, their music throughout the podcast. And the sources we use this week are the papers of Will Rogers, Volume 3, and Will Rogers, A Biography by Ben Yagoda. Uh, guys, thanks again so much for tuning in. Uh, hey, and if you're still with us, episode 13, uh, we'll be back next time talking about the Follies. Yeah, it's going to be more in depth. You'll get a, a really good look at Will um, becoming the performer who he uh, who he is, and he's also adapting several things that friends along the way have helped him with. So it all comes to a head here pretty soon. Absolutely. And guys, uh, for those of you still listening and haven't tuned out already, bless you for that. Bless you. But, we have so much honey on our table yeah. just trying to get through this. <laughs> but also, uh, if you could, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever uh, podcast, um, you know, whatever. Whatever you listen whatever to. Whatever you listen to. Uh, subscribe to us. Um, like us on Facebook on the Will Rogers Memorial Museums or the Will Rogers page. Um, and tell your friends. 
most importantly. Hey, if you got them, just tell them. Tell them about about this, and uh, you know, we we want to kind of spread our net a little wider. Yes, yes, yes. And we we promise next time that Jacob's voice will be as perky back as to normal. usual. Back to normal. Back Although. To normal. I'll it's be that honest. lovable, squeaky voice you have. <laughs> this this sounds a lot better to me. Well, Maybe I'll just stick with this. It sounds more radio, um, and and like I said, <laughs> that's why I've been calling you Crumb Lila, yeah. just because there's probably people wanting to call in right now and give you their problems. Then I'll just give them really bad advice, <laughs> yeah, as you do normally. Normally, so, <laughs> so yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Yeah, guys, thanks. Mm-hmm.